So we've got a video on Carl Sagan, um, mm-hmm. which I really think is worth watching. Who is Carl Sagan? Well, he is a very prominent 20th century scientist, uh, best known for his kind of interest in extraterrestrial uh, intelligence. Um, and he was basically a massive popularizer of science. So in his day, he was kind of like the Neil deGrasse Tyson of his era, mm. but way better and more prominent <laughs> yeah. um, and less kind of... Anyway, so the the so he's really prominent. In fact, his his viewership continues till this day. Yeah. Um. I mean, we got we got a guy in the studio who loves him. He's you know brought up with him as well, and you know he's of our generation. So yeah, I think his uh, his renown is 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 wide widely spread. I think I want to address this particular video because it's it's an example of where he kind of really ducks a question. Yeah. Really avoids a question on God. Um, and it kind of shows up a real big crack and a flaw mm. in his approach to God and religion. It's also a similar crack and a flaw that appears in David Attenborough, in mm. Brian Cox, in Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm. who have kind of made a, a living along the same lines of popularizing science, mm. but have all taken the same approach with respect to religion and God. I think I don't and, want to say more than that. And the next generation is generally more antagonistic, antagonistic to religion than he was. He was kind yeah, of on the yeah, fence and yeah. a bit of both, you know. Contacts of a fantastic book and film, yeah, you which, love attract, which which approach the, the the subjects in a very brilliant way. But which we can talk about a bit as well. I think it's worth yeah, talking about a bit after this. But let's have a watch what he what how, what how the video goes. So this the title of the video is Carl Sagan on the existence of God. My question is, given all these demotions, what is your personal religion, or do you, is there any type of God to you? Like, is there a purpose, given that we're just sitting on this speck in the middle of this sea of stars? No, I don't want to duck any questions. <laughs> and I'm not going to duck this one. Even though Could you I... pause a second? So he said, I don't want to duck any question. Yeah, so he's asked about, what, is, there a, is, was it, is there a God? No, no, he's asked, uh, what is your religion? What is your religion? But he also talks about purpose What's the purpose God? of life? So What's basically, like, tell me about your view on the big questions. Yes, right? basically, basically, yeah. yeah. And, and he references that kind of, given that we're a speck. We're a the, speck on a blue, a pale blue dot thing. Yeah. Which uh, I've also had an issue with slightly, but we can address that maybe towards the end. Yeah. So let's yeah, continue. Let's and we've got it on slightly faster speed yeah. to get through the video a little bit quicker. Yeah, let's do that. High religious personages who are close friends of mine in this room. Um, but let me ask you, what do you mean when you use the word God? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what my question, it's like, is there a purpose for, I mean, given all these demotions, why don't we just blow ourselves up? Why it's don't like, we? Yeah, what, what, is, what is our purpose? I mean, in, I mean, turn the question around. If we do blow ourselves up, does that disprove the existence of God? No, I guess not. <laughs> I mean, it'll be a little late yeah. to make the discovery, but still. Yeah. I, I guess... Pause it for a second. So, to my understanding, the guy is asking, you know, why don't we just blow ourselves up? I.e., if there is no ultimate meaning, then what is stopping us from killing ourselves? And wouldn't that be as equally meaningful or meaningless as everything else? Yeah. Sagan actually turns that around. So he firstly, he's answering the question by asking a question. Saying, what do you mean by God? Yeah, what do you mean by God? But then he also asks the next question. Um, if, if you did, does that, disprove the, does that prove, disprove God? Which is actually not what the guy was asking. Yeah, it wasn't. It's a completely he, separate point. Because one is a question on meaning and purpose. Yeah. And he's saying, basically, without God, should we be nihilistic? And Sagan is, is saying, if that were true, 
um, then does that make God's, uh, you know, existence? Does that disprove God's existence? But those are two separate, completely separate things. Yeah. If what a questions of pers- God's existence are different to questions of human perception about God's existence. Yeah, and, and the implications of God's existence or non-existence. Yes. These are two very separate things. Yeah. So he's. But it's not quite that. He's, he's somebody committing suicide because they think their life is meaningless has no bearing on whether there is a God. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There's there's no relationship between the two. Yeah. So him posing it as if it's a clever refrain or yeah. a clever response, it's actually a completely different issue. Yeah. Um, is irrelevant. The guy's asking, if life is meaningless, yeah. what's therefore the meaning of continuing our life? Why yeah. not die? Will it have any ultimate effect? The answer is no, it won't. Yeah. There will come a point in your life, as we've discussed, discussed in other videos, there will come a point in your existence after your death, when it will not matter from a material standpoint whether you had existed or not. Well, and also fundamentally, even during your life, it doesn't matter because nothing matters because nothing has purpose. And you're, the, as we said, the accidental byproduct of an accidental universe. Yeah. So even during your life, it's all meaningless as well. Yeah. Um, is, is, you know, if, if things are literally answer. meaningless, if there is no meaning, which is, by, which is another way of saying it, there is no purpose, yeah. purpose can only be imbued by something from above. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Real purpose can only be imbued by the thing which created you. Yeah. Absolutely. Purpose can, is only a coherent question in the context of having been created for an intention. For yeah. A purpose. If that's you can invent your purpose, then people say, "Oh no, you find your own purpose." Well, you're finding something to engage yourself, but that doesn't mean you're finding your purpose because absolutely, if, they're two separate things. If you can, if you can decide this is my purpose, and then say, "Actually, no, I didn't really like that. This is my my purpose." Neither of them are your purpose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Let Let's continue. I think it's worth continuing. What I What I'm asking is since. As we, as we kind of make God almost go away in this, as, as he, through these demotions, and I, I don't mean he, because who knows what God is, but, um, but still saying it makes it right. sort of icky, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, we like it to be a he, yeah, don't we? Yeah. We've been trained to think of it as a he. Um, it's, it seems that through the ages, we have humans have created a mythological framework that has always involved some kind of, often involves some kind of higher spiritual powers. And as every human culture has done that. As that goes away, as we know more and more that, and it seems harder and harder to prove that anything might exist like that, where does that leave us? On our own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we pause it there? So, so the guy has said, and Sagan has agreed, that every culture he says has created has created a mythology of higher powers yeah. um, that are that has these qualities and these attributes that obviously we commonly refer to as God, being with these attributes that we commonly refer to as God. Sagan agrees, says yes, every every culture has this. Yeah. They call it mythology, which in, which indicates that it's which implies it's man made. Yeah. Obviously we would say it's God made. Yeah. Um and uh, where would that lead us? Because if we in the modern age we have demoted God from the stations and now God God has gone from being the the creator of the universe to being something people have made up. Yeah. That's the demotion he's talking about. Yeah. Um, then where does that leave us? And Sagan says, on our own. Yeah. On our own, takes a sip of tea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should we go on? Yeah. Which to my mind is much more responsible than hoping mm-hmm. that someone will save us from <laughs> ourselves so we don't have to make our best efforts to do it ourselves. <laughs> and if we're wrong... And there is someone who steps in and says, this. okay, that's all right. <laughs> I'm for that, but we, you know, hedged our bets. Mm-hmm. It's Pascal's bargain run backwards. Um, yeah, just pause it. 
It's Pascal's it's, wager run incorrectly. <laughs> I mean, what's Pascal's wager? Pascal's wager is I'm going to believe in God even if I don't know that God exists because uh, I'd rather be safe than sorry. One of my one of my consultants has framed it as where, you know, I don't want to get up to the pearly gates and then see God and be like, oh, whoops, sorry. So he's like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe in, I'm not going to do much in terms of being religious, but I'm not going to rule out the existence of God just in case it comes out to haunt me later on, right? Pascal's wager is a little bit more than that. You live a religious life because even if you're wrong you haven't really lost that much but if you uh, are right you've gained a lot and if you don't yeah. believe in god and you don't live a religious life and you're wrong then actually that could really come back to haunt you in the next life yeah so he's so saying, how can you turn it around because let's say you decide not to live a religious life or believe in god yeah and he's and, talking about as, like, and as a society and they're as a society and they're so the only way that could work is if there's some great grand success which is waiting an atheistic society which is not awaiting, awaiting a religious society, hmm. right? Hmm. Such that if you were to not believe in God, right. somehow all avenues of progress would be open for you. Yeah. But if you live a religious life, then they would be shut for you. Hmm. But I don't think I anyone don't really would say that. Everybody's saying that. <laughs> well, he seems to be implying, I don't know if this is more of a Christian view. I, I'm not even sure it is, to be honest that uh, what religious people say is that God is going to come and save you. And um, so he's saying, well, I would rather we just try and work out things for ourselves, by which he must mean uh, we as a society should come together, live peacefully, you know, denuclearize, etc., because that's a responsible thing to do. Um, and God, if God wants to come down and save us, then that's fine as, as well. Should I tell you what the problem is with all that? Yeah. The big problem with that is that, you know, he, he actually answers his own question. First of all, I love it how when you, you really scrutinize what these people are saying, you find that often it's just completely content-wise empty. Like yeah. Pascal's pe- wager turned backwards. What is he talking about? Yeah. It's just a clever refrain that and just sounds keep clapping. Smart. It just sounds smart. And then you, they just continue talking. Actually, when you look at it, it's like, no, that's not true. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the previous point he made as well, again, falls apart when you start looking at it carefully. But the reason, he, the reason it doesn't work, he's actually answered his own question. He mm. said, all, all societies throughout human history have created the belief that God exists. Hmm. Okay? So the question he should have then asked is, well, what is the benefit? Hmm. Even on his own premise. Even on his own premise that it's not true and that God doesn't exist, what is the benefit, therefore? If it's so so widely spread, there must be some benefit to society. Yeah, even by Darwinian logic, right? Even by Darwinian logic, exactly. Has a a survival advantage. That which survives is is what is of benefit. Yeah. So the simple answer and the most obvious answer, to my mind, is that accountability. Okay, he's talking about well, we can do it on our own and get there on our own. Well, the answer is simple: human beings do not respond to anything except accountability. They never seek peace. They never seek the pathway which is good unless they will be held accountable for it. Hmm. Okay, and outside of a of a framework where there is a higher power to hold you accountable, yeah, you can't do it. Fundamentally, yeah. you can't because at some point in a nation's life, there'll come a point where the systems of societal accountability break down. Yeah. Okay, uh, it might be a pandemic. Yeah. Okay. It might be a war. Yeah. It might be all kinds of different calamities that fall upon a nation. At some point, um, the the mechanisms of accountability we use to govern ourselves in society, so that other hu- you're at least accountable to other human beings. Yeah. Right. Those will fail. Yeah. And at the point that those fail, if you don't have accountability towards a higher power, yeah, your society will completely collapse. Hmm. So he's talking about making it on our own. <laughs> no chance in hell. Hmm. Mind the pun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also misrepresenting what religion says. Like religion doesn't say. It depends um, which religion. Okay. Uh, In well, Christianity, God does save you, quite literally. 
Right, in, but in, it's, in Islam, God expects you to make the sacrifices. Okay, well, I can only took from an Islamic perspective, and I think something I, I would assert that this is what most religious people have a general sense of. Yeah, which is that it's not that God's going to come and s- save you from doing everything wrong. Kind of the opposite. Like if <laughs> God warns you, don't do wrong things because you're going to encounter suffering. Yeah both potentially in this life and the next. Yeah. So it's the opposite. The whole point of religion is to give yourself the accountability, give yourself the responsibility to act properly in this world. Well, perhaps he's saying that, you know, maybe, you know, isn't it better that we we do what is right for right's sake without the question of accountability? I, I'm not, may, maybe, but I'm, he hasn't said that explicitly here. No, he hasn't. But even if he did say that, that's also completely incoherent. Yeah. Because one, human beings are creatures I've... of accountability. And number two, what is um, right? What is right? Yeah. I think what he's saying is that religion religion teaches you that you can do whatever you want because God's going to come and save you. Which, at least in Islam, I think even most Christians would have you know would would say it's not about that. You have to live your life in a certain way, whether Saint Paul said that or not, whatever. But at least in Islam, you know, you have to live your life in a certain way, and that way will have consequences. So you know, in Islam, you are hugely going to be judged according to whether you have created discord or peace. Mm. Whether you are going towards war or peace is a huge thing. Yeah. You know, the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him spoke extremely strongly about people who who shed any kind of innocent blood. Yeah. So you have both every motivation that he has from a general sense of I want to help other people plus religious accountability, mm. you know, pushing you to do good things when you live in a religious context. But he's here asserting that if you live in in an a-religious context and you discard religion, that's the better bet for society. It's not the better bet for society. He's almost saying it makes you a better person for not having to act in accordance with the dictates of accountability. Hmm. The, the fallacy there is that you you won't be acting for the purpose of accountability. Humans always act for the purpose of accountability. Hmm. No humans make sacrifices um, unless there is something in the economic bargain for them. Yeah. I mean, this is what pe- these people, they, they don't like. Yeah. You know, on the one hand, they declare they were nothing more than evolved chimpanzees. And yes. on the other hand, they're talking about how wonderful we are, that we don't need accountability and we can live a life without moral constraints. Um, we can live a moral life doing the right thing uh, simply for the sake of what is right, even though they have no uh, logical, theological basis for saying what is right in the first place. I think let's crack on. Um, Mm -hmm. There's more to see, probably. I'll I'll say another word. The word God covers an enormous range of different ideas. And you recognize that in the way you phrased the question. (laughs) Running from an outsized, light-skinned male with a long white beard sitting in a throne in the sky and tallying the fall of every sparrow, mm-hmm. for which there is no evidence. To my mind, if anybody has some, I sure would like to see it. Um, <clears throat> to uh, the kind of God that Einstein or Spinoza talked about, which is very close to the sum total of the laws of the universe. Now, it would be crazy to deny that there are laws in the universe. And if that's what you want to call God, then of course God exists. Mm-hmm. And there are all sorts of other nuances. There is, for example, the deist God that many of the founding fathers of this country believed in, although it is a secret whose name may not be spoken in some circles, a roi fainéant, a do-nothing king, the god who creates the universe and then retires, and to whom praying to is sort of pointless. He's not here. He went somewhere else. He had other things to do. Now, that's also a god. So when you say, do you believe in God? If I say yes or if I say no, you have learned absolutely nothing. I guess I'm asking you to define yours if you have one. But why would we use a word so ambiguous that means so many different things? It gives you freedom to define it. It gives you freedom to seem to agree with someone else 
with whom you do not agree. It covers over differences. It makes for social lubrication. But it is not an aid to truth, in my view. And therefore, I think we need much sharper language when we ask these questions. Sorry to take so long in answering this, but this is an important issue. So, essentially, he says, I have an issue with your definitions. Like, that, that's the answer to his question. And the big questions is, you know, apart from what we just spoke about earlier, it's about what, what, you're defining God in the wrong way. And can I, can I just kind of give a response to that? Mm. Which is that this, people say this, but I think it's disingenuous. Everyone knows what God means. Yeah. Everyone knows what God means. God means the, the thing which created us, mm. right? And which we have some level of accountability for, to, yeah. towards, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's everyone's common conception of God from every religious culture. Yeah. Even if some scriptures have variations on those themes, yeah. they all essentially say the th same thing. And certainly their modern day adherents almost universally say that. Even he's saying Einstein. I mean, the I, reason why there's always so much debate about what Einstein believed about God is because it seems like he may have said contradictory things at different times, potentially. But you know, Very possible. He's a human being. Yeah, but like co common, one of his... One Typically, of his, as they get older, they start becoming more religious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Einstein, maybe. But he, you know, one of the famous things he said is, you know, why don't you like quantum mechanics? Because I don't think God plays dice. Yeah, he's, he's clearly not extent. talking... But no, no, he's clearly not talking about the laws of nature. Yes, no, he's not. He's not talking about... No one says that God equals literally... The laws of nature. The law, a bunch of mathematical equations. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. That, that, no one believes that. I don't think what, even Spinoza believes that. Einstein, you know, God does not play dice... The whole point of him saying that, whether or not he fully had certainty in God, he's saying that if God exists, right, he is not someone where the universe, it, he, he's all-knowing, basically. And he believed that quantum mechanics um, uh, contradicted the idea of, of an all-knowing God. And that wasn't really his picture of the universe. Mm. Okay, That's what that means. It gives you an indication even for Einstein. I'm not saying Einstein like fully believed in that God, but even he had a conception of what God should be. Yeah. Right. Even his definition that that Sagan has given here of, you know, Jesus, you know, and he tried to caricature it a bit, which I can kind of understand. But at the end of the day, he was saying, um, you know, that this God, this fair, this white skinned person in the sky who um, is grand and knows the, the fall of every sparrow. What are you there is essentially hinting at is omnipotence and omniscience. Mm. Again, the fall of every sparrow an all knowing God. Right. What I, what I find difficult about what he's said is there's three things. I'm going to number them. So the first thing is he says, I'm not going to duck the question. That's what he said at the beginning. And then he goes ahead and he ducks the whole question. Yeah. He was asked, what is your religious views? And he starts going off and sounding off about definitions of God. Yeah. You know, that doesn't, that's not fair. The guy asked you, what's your view of the purpose of life? Yeah. Okay. And he didn't give an answer. Yeah. Despite saying that he would give an answer. Presumably because he, maybe because he is torn on the answer. Yeah, maybe he thinks two, there are two parts of him that that are inhabiting two different camps, and he can't give an easy answer. Maybe yeah. he should have said that then, but yeah. he shouldn't have said, "I'm gonna, not going to duck the answer and then duck the answer." You know, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, he these guys they love the deistic god. They love him. Yeah. Okay. They absolutely love the idea of a god who creates the universe, sets it up, and gets it running, and then goes away. And the yeah. reason they love it is because they don't want to be held accountable for their actions. That is the big thing that um, religion asks of you. And they don't want to be, common, they don't want to be associated things. with the common religious folk either. Absolutely. And with a common ordinary person who believes in God and does his prayers and goes to bed in, in, in a humble heart. You know, they are the great intellectuals. But mm. you know what? If all religions only taught that you will not be held accountable for your actions and there was a designer to life, there wouldn't be a single atheist on earth. That's mm. a fact. 
Mm. Okay. There'll be nobody who would look at the universe and say, hmm, you know what? This doesn't appear designed to me. Yeah. Because the incentive for saying it doesn't appear designed is because they do not want to acknowledge the role of a creator in their life because they don't want to acknowledge the fact that if they do have a purpose, are they fulfilling it or not? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the problem, and that's why they never get straight, give a straight answer. That's yeah. why they, these highly intellectual, highly eloquent, highly intelligent individuals suddenly start fumbling and talking about definitions and <laughs> sipping their tea in between because they don't want to answer the question fundamentally, yeah. right? The second thing is, is that you know the the Quran again, you know, beautiful, beautiful book, always has an answer, mm. and it's straight on point mm. every single time. Chapter twenty one, verse seventeen and eighteen, God says, "And we have not created the heavens and the earth." and all that is between the two in sport. Mm. If we had wished to find a pastime, we would surely have found it in what is with us, if at all we were to do such a thing. Yeah. Which is basically the definition of a deist God. I made it for fun, and then I, and then I left. Yeah. You know, God's saying, I don't do things for fun. Yeah. Okay, and of course, a being which controls all of matter, time, and energy... Yeah. You wouldn't expect to have hobbies. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and God says, if I'd have had one to find a hobby, I would have done it with what is with myself. I wouldn't have created you guys, mate. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> that's the second and thing. And it's just a giant coincidence that all these religious cultures, you know, come up with the, the exact same conception of God. Yeah. Which is, uh, can I speak to that now or do you want yeah, to finish go, your point? I mean, there was one last point about them making money off the, the creation well, of God. Well, let's finish well, on, on you, that. Why don't you that's give an interesting that. point. But, you know, one thing which... Um, you make that point. Feel free. No, no. Well, what I was going to say is that they, some, they alluded to it earlier, which is that every religious culture, every culture on earth has a religion. This has been established through anthropology for, for you know, hundreds of years, essentially now, or over 150 years kind of thing. Um, the more they looked, the more they found in terms of religious cultures. Yeah. And they found that, you know, there's always essentially a common conception of God. Okay. And as we've spoken about, it's basically the idea of this great thing which created us and which we're going to return to in yeah. some way. Yeah. Um, and there may be many, many different names of that God, but actually they're all the same. Yeah. So the Islamic viewpoint on that is not that it was merely survival advantage, and it was just a Darwinian thing where we came up with exactly the same idea, which is an incredibly abstract idea in the first place anyway, yeah. which I think makes it implausible yeah. from a Darwinian sense anyway. But actually... You have a great point about that you made to me once. Phenomenal point. I can't remember it now. By comparison and analogy. <laughs> the karma. Let, let me finish my current point. And then I'll tell you the point smarter you told Omar, me. Who's regressing evidently, <laughs> mate. Um, yeah, but the point I was going to say is that... Um, you know, the Islamic explanation for why there are all these religious, um, for why there are all these religions in the world is the only one that makes sense. Yeah. Because around the world, how do you have all these different people separated in time and space coming to the exact same conclusion of an extremely abstract being, nothing like any human being, right? Yeah. Something which is, has infinite power, infinite, you know, knowledge, and which has created us, and we're going to go back to it, or him, right? Yeah. How is it that this same idea has been reached by all these different cultures, it's implausible to argue that it was just a coincidence or that it was simply a Darwinian thing because how did it actually come about? How did the idea come about? How did it catch on? Yeah. If it wasn't true, how did it catch on? Yeah. Um, the only answer is, is that if you're looking from an impartial mind, is that the same being actually implanted that idea in all these different societies. And that's what the Holy Quran says. Yeah, so I'll give it's you a quote. Please. Chapter 16, verse 37. And we did raise among every people a messenger preaching, worship Allah, the one God, and shun the evil one. Then among them were some whom Allah, whom Allah guided, and among them were some who became deserving of ruin. So mm. travel through the earth and see what was the end of those who treated the prophets as liars. 
and Islam is the only one, only religion to uh, actually make this explicit. Yeah. It says that every single religion in its origin, or every major religion in its origin was true yeah. and had a true prophet at its source. Krishna, Buddha, Confucius, Lao Tzu, Socrates, you know, peace be upon them all. We take them all as true prophets. As well as Moses, Jesus, Abraham, etc. Of course, of course. Um, and and re other religions can't explain how you have all these other religious cultures. Islam is very universalist in that way. Yeah. And I think also then, you know, there, there's a, you know, Sagan is by no means a new atheist. No, he's, he's much not. smarter, That's, much more nuanced, yeah, nuanced than them. He was, yes. Um, well, so, it didn't exist at his time either. Yeah. Who knows what he would have been if it was Well, around. we can't speculate on those kinds of no, things. No, it's I mean, impossible. Um, but he, there is a lot of the things that you see in atheism generally and in agnosticism and scientism, etc. They come out of uh, a conception of religion, which is quite narrow and which yeah. can't explain a lot of these questions. It's, the, it's, it's a form of acceptable bigotry amongst the scientific classes. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that there's there's a genuine element of there's lots of questions which I think Christian culture didn't answer. I so see. how do you how do you explain all these different religions? That's a big one. Yeah, because you know, if you're a Christian, you have to um, essentially say that they were liars. All these yeah. other religious founders, yeah. including the Prophet Muhammad, these people. Yeah, only the Jew Judeo. Yeah, uh, the Jew uh, only only though that small line of prophets in yeah. the world in the context of the world was yeah. true. Yeah, whereas Islam actually allows you to to um, accept all of them. Yeah. It gives you a worldview which explains the rest, all of everybody else's spirituality. The last thing I want to say is that, you know, these people are obviously enamored of God's creation because their entire lives are devoted to promoting the beauty and the wonder and the design in nature. Yeah. Carl Sagan became famous for his TV documentary series. Um, cosmos. Co cosmos, you know, talking about the cosmos. It was, a, it was the first time I think it had been done so beautifully and successfully. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it preceded a lot of the kind of great programs like, you know, David Attenborough we have now, Brian Cox, um, mm. also very good kind of, uh, popularizer, popularizer of science. Um, and they're excellent for what they do. The problem is, is that, you know, they, they make their, they make their careers and their reputations mm. and their money, you know, mm. on effectively, uh, the beauty of God's creation, the beauty of design, if the if nature was chaos, yeah, there'd be nothing beautiful. To well, it. they wouldn't exist either, and they wouldn't exist as popularizers. They exist as popularizers because it's designed, mm. because there is a fine tuning, because it's elegant. Yeah, okay, because it inspires you know wonder in the hearts of human beings. Mm. That's why they have a job. That's why he he became famous. So what they're good at is presenting that in a in a in a, in a clear way. But they don't like. But but at the same time, they want to detach the viewer from God. Yeah, they're the creator of the TV show. They're yeah, the <laughs> exactly. It's almost like God's like impinging and infringing on their kind of domain of like revealing the secrets of nature. <laughs> you know, instead of actually recognizing that you know this is so wondrous and beautiful and elegant precisely because it actually is ordered. Mm. You can't have order without an orderer. Mm. You know, you can't have design without a designer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, mean, so, I, so I think, you know, one could be harsher and say, you know, they make their money off God and then disclaim him, but, but far be it from me to be harsh. <laughs> um, yeah. Say, I'll stop right there. Well, I mean, it, what you said reminds me of when I was younger, I can't remember how old, but I remember thinking, the, I remember realizing the contradiction of, you'd see a beautiful painting of a beautiful landscape and the sky. I remember specifically when I was looking at the clouds and I was like, this is absolutely beautiful. And I, I remember thinking, yeah, I was driving back or I was in the car uh, being driven and I saw this beautiful like sunset with the clouds, you know, when, the, when, the, when there are streaks in the clouds and all that. I thought, my God, that's just beautiful. That could be a painting. And then I realized when we see a painting that contains that beauty, which is just borrowed beauty from the real world. Yes. We think this is incredible. 
whoever did this is a genius, an yeah. artistic genius. <laughs> this is the most brilliant thing, and it could not have been done except from a brilliant mind. Yes. <laughs> but when we see it in nature, apparently, a lot of people are like, oh, there's no mind behind that. <laughs> but have you seen that painting? Let's go to that new exhibition. The last thing I want to, uh, the last thing I want to finish on is your insight you gave me. I probably nicked it. Which is, you, yeah, maybe you did, but I mean, that's how it came to me. Which was, how did the early primitive societies come up with this idea of a transcendental, hmm. unique, peerless creator um, uh, uh, who has nothing in common yeah. with any of his creation? You know, Surah Al-Ikhlas, one of the last chapters of the Quran, very short, few few verses long. Say he is Allah, the one, yeah. the absolute, it means. Mm. You know, um, it not one, two, three. It means Allah the one. In other words, besides whom there is nothing. Yeah. Say he is Allah the one. Um, Allah the independent and besought of all. He begets not. In other words, he doesn't have children. The fundamental, yeah. Right? Nor is he begotten and he doesn't have parents. There's no lineage above him or below him. He's always been He's there. eternal. He's eternal, right? Um, he's not part of a chain of causality is effectively what that's saying. He begets yeah. not, nor is he begotten. And, lam yakullahu ahad. There is nothing like unto him. Yeah. Imagine that statement. Imagine that statement. Yeah. There is nothing like unto him. That's an extraordinary statement. When you really think about it, and it's a point you made to me when many years ago, how could a primitive society, looking at the thunder, looking at the wolves, looking at the wind, looking at the fire, looking at nature, yeah. come up with a conception of the creator of everything that that creator is nothing like any of this? Yeah. Because you can only extrapolate. You only extrapolate from what is observable. Yeah. Exactly. You can only extrapolate. And I think, I, you know, I, I remember I was making a presentation on this once and um, to illustrate it, I had like, to illustrate the, the atheistic view of this, which is basically like you have, um, you know, you have, there are kind of spirits behind things and, and then they think, oh, it was a really big spirit or there was a really big man that did everything. And I remember seeing this kind of, uh, this, this picture of like this great ice man. And I've used it in my presentations to explain that. But there's still something so fundamental. because. But then the, the jump, the next part of the story, the atheistic story, is they went from the big ice man to God. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a fairly big jump, right? Because you're still fundamentally going from something which is material but big yeah. to something which is transcendent. You're going from the imminent to the transcendent, yeah. right? Which is, which is a leap of kind, not of degree. Yeah, absolutely. And you can only extrapolate in degree. From what you know. Exactly. You can't actually, if you don't have a concept of something which is nothing like anything else that is in existence, yeah. you can't have a concept of it. And the only possible philosophic answer to that is that God must himself have revealed himself as saying, I am the creator of all these material phenomena, and yet I'm transcendent beyond all of them. And yeah. I have nothing to, they are totally unlike me whatsoever. In fact, it's like language. Again, this is something which you, you can't, you can't invent it. It has to be given to you. Yeah. That's why you have to learn language from a teacher, yeah. from your parents. Yeah. And you know, what they call feral children who don't have that and, um, aren't raised, raised in the wild, raised, wolves, that kind of thing. Yeah. Raised, has happened. Yeah. They, they, they can never learn language. Yeah. Right. After they can't invent age. it. After a particular yeah. age, they can't ever learn you, language. You can't invent language or like any kind of like language worth being called it. Well, well, the origin of language, that'll be a different video, I think. But No, uh, but the, the principle is the same, is that there are things which yeah, you have to be given and the concept, you know, funnily enough, the concept of God has to come through language, which has to be given by God into your brain, which is given by God. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, I, I think, you know, I, 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 for instance, really like uh, Contact. You know, it's a the really, movie. Yeah, 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 I haven't yeah, read yeah. the book. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's, it's a great movie, but movie. It, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant commentary on science and religion. And we and should it ends up. In, we should keep that for another video. We should, but it, okay, fine. <laughs> because it's such a big topic, and it's but, really. But I want to say, you know, he's obviously an intelligent man who um, he's intelligent enough to avoid the question. Let's put it like that. 
Yeah, and still get applause. And still so, get applause so, while sipping his tea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so well done. All right, next video? Yeah. Cool.